Hey everybody, this is Pastor James. Welcome back to the Midweek Bible Study. So far, uh, we have done the intro to Proverbs, and last week we covered verses 1-19 through 19 in the first chapter. Today we're going to finish up chapter 1 as Solomon begins to write and tell his sons how wisdom shouts in the streets. So read with me verses 20-33, through 33, and we will discuss this, and we'll finish up this chapter and be done. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered, so I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone, and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear or harm. All right. So starting in verse 20, Solomon takes this idea or <clears throat> this imaginative take on wisdom that it's shouting in the streets. Another thing you really need to notice about this is that this is the first time Solomon has given wisdom that feminine title of a she, which we talked about in the introduction of the book. So, <clears throat> I think it's important that we picture this. Now, try to imagine that you're walking out in public and all of a sudden a woman starts screaming on the streets wherever you are. Just in your own mind, think about walking down the street and imagine a woman just screaming. Is that something that you ignore? More than likely not. You know, a woman can bring attention to herself with screams because... There's an understanding that as a woman who is screaming, that deserves the attention of people who are there and able to hear her for whatever reason that she may be screaming. You know, typically we don't uh, wonder, well, I wonder why she's screaming. Typically we make sure that she doesn't need help and then maybe we ask questions later. But Solomon compares wisdom to that, okay? There's this woman, and she's yelling. She's yelling in the streets. She's yelling at the city gates, which are very populated places in this time. And anyone reading this as Solomon's writing it is going to understand that Main Street, the city gates, and places like that are very populated. There's plenty of people around to hear. And she's there. She's visible. And she really needs and wants people to acknowledge her. And she's ready to be accepted by anyone that will listen to her screams. Now the thing is that she isn't just calling to an individual or to someone with a certain ability. You know, if a woman is running through the public or through somewhere out in the open 
and she's screaming, I would imagine that a woman like that doesn't care who comes to her aid. She just wants someone to come. Well, in this same way, wisdom as a she is yelling and she's screaming to the crowds for anyone um, that would acknowledge her. But the only difference is, is that it's not a matter of how the people can help her, but she's screaming because she is able to help the people. And, and it's important to understand there's no qualifications, no tests, no applications, nothing that anyone needs. All you have to do is be willing to listen. And in fact, it's beautiful that she addresses the simple-minded first. You know, when Solomon writes this, the first one that he directs this to is like, oh, she, she's calling out to the simple-minded. She doesn't go to the scholars. She doesn't go to just normal, um, average intelligent people no she goes to uh the simple-minded she leans towards them first she is available to anyone and while like we said earlier while screaming is usually done for someone who needs help this is the opposite because wisdom is screaming because she is able to help us now if you're simple-minded it's only because you insist on being simple-minded. And I think that's important as you begin to read this as Solomon writes. If you are a mocker, it's only because you relish in mocking. If you're a fool, it's only because you hate knowledge. But wisdom, she is willing and ready to give counsel if only we will listen. And it doesn't matter whether you're simple-minded or a mocker, or a fool, or you hate knowledge, or whatever it may be. If you're willing to listen, she is there. In verse 23, it's really kind of a romantic verse. Wisdom has a heart, and there's love in it. And it doesn't take, but rather it's something that gives. You know, this, as she's screaming in the streets, she's not screaming because she needs help. She's not screaming because she needs something from you, but she's screaming because she has something for you. All right, so she wants to give you her heart. It wants to share herself with you and make you wise. You may not be wise, and it doesn't matter if you aren't because she can make you wise. And these first four verses that we read today are wonderful testaments to the desire for God to help us. You know, God has provided wisdom for anyone that would seek it. And no, we may not have been born with it, We may not have uh, been taught wisdom by our parents or family, but it doesn't mean that it's not available. And this testifies greatly to God's desire to call everyone to himself and also provide them with everything that they need to serve him. There are no excuses for people who do not know God and who do not have wisdom. God calls all people to himself through salvation in Jesus Christ He offers the Holy Spirit to anyone who would empty themselves in order to be filled. And he offers wisdom to anyone who would seek it to navigate through this world with the mind and the thoughts of God. You know, one of the problems with us as people is that we just love who we are. Like we love our lives. Um, People love, we love our families. We love our life. Um, We love our habits, and in all honesty, it's just easier to keep doing what we're doing with the people that we've been doing it with rather than 
listen to wisdom or turn to God because if we do, that would change everything for a lot of people. And take a look at people. It's amazing at how many children grow up in a home with alcoholic parents and they end up drinking themselves. And they grow up in houses where parents are addicted to drugs, but yet they end up using drugs themselves. It's amazing how many people grow up in homes of abuse, but yet they become abusers. And you think about the comfort of daily life choices um, because of friends and social circles and our family members. Um, you know, people tend to just kind of stay where they are because it's comfortable where you are. You may realize that there's better out there, but for whatever reason, what you have in the moment is comfortable. And also, there's somewhat of a guilt there to pursue something better than what we've always had. Um, in a way, we feel guilt because those people you may be leaving behind, um, you feel guilty about that because you don't want to leave people that you love. And at the same time, the people that you may leave behind can also inflict guilt on you for doing better, for choosing wisdom, for choosing the Lord, for choosing a better way of life. But the truth is, is that those people who are being left behind, they are displacing their guilt that they feel back onto you because you are the one who has now revealed to them that it is possible to do better, to have better, and to be better. And they understand that, hey, if you can do it, then it's possible. And they just aren't willing to do what it takes. And so a lot of those people will try to guilt uh, their friends and family for doing better or being better in those ways. Simple people have a really hard time listening to the voice of wisdom because it means there are major changes ahead and a lot of times people just don't like change. On the same hand, you have mockers, people who may not be quite as simple-minded, but there are people who think they know a lot more than what they really do. And they struggle with being humble enough to accept true knowledge and wisdom when they're wrong. They laugh about things. They joke about things. They make light of the things of God. And uh, this is the dangerous place to be because you're walking along the lines of contempt and irreverence and even blasphemy. And these are very serious sins. So being a mocker is not something that we want to be either. And these are some things that Solomon kind of warns against. And I do want us to look at verse 23 again because <clears throat> all versions of Scripture read a little differently. And, you know, we always read the NLT whenever I'm doing Bible studies and whenever I preach on Sunday mornings. But sometimes I like to refer to other versions. And uh, I think looking back at the King James Version is a good thing for us to do today because the King James Version says in verse 23, Turn at my rebuke and I will pour out my spirit on you. But the NLT reads, listen to my counsel and I'll share my heart with you. And I really love the way that both uh, versions are, are written. There's something very romantic about the way the NLT shares it with, uh, with wisdom sharing her heart. And yet there's something really powerful about the King James Version talking about how the Spirit of God is going to be poured out on us. And, and this is why it is important to read multiple translations of verses as you study, because um, even though they they are in the same context, they can read differently and they can speak very differently 
to us as individuals. Now, if you're a new Christian and you're just learning the Word of God, I would encourage you stick with one, find a translation that you like that's easy for you to read. Stick with that translation for a while. Learn Scripture the best you can. As you begin to understand Scripture as the Lord gives you that ability through time and through study, then in later times, some it's it's very beneficial to take different translations of Scripture and sit them down side by side and study them together because even though they, they say the same thing for the most part in context, they can speak very differently to us and encourage us in very different ways. I just want to encourage you to do that. Uh, maybe some of you are ready for that. Maybe you know that's something for the future, but keep that in mind. Um, but I love the aspect of Christ sharing his heart and wisdom, and I love the aspect of Christ pouring out uh, his spirit in wisdom. And surely anyone who loves God would be pleased to know the heart of God, and yet anyone who loves God would be pleased to be filled with the Spirit of God. So I think both are desires that God has for anyone who would seek Him, and I think for anyone who loves God, we should long for those things. So let's look at verses 24 through 27. And Solomon writes in these verses about how often wisdom calls. And it's not a one-time thing that you know, you don't have to worry about, oh man, I missed wisdom. You know, it's not something that it's this once in a lifetime opportunity that if you miss it, you'll never have it again. Wisdom is something that constantly calls. It's constantly available and it's willing to assist us in this life. However, the problem is, is that most people won't answer the call of wisdom because most people uh, will not only choose to reject it once, but they will make it a life's habit to reject it over and over and over again. Because of this wisdom, um, because of this rejection of wisdom, Solomon writes how wisdom will laugh at you when you're in trouble, when you're in disaster. So one theologian wrote how wisdom doesn't necessarily laugh at the disaster itself, but it laughs when right triumphs over what is wrong. And it just so happens that fools who reject wisdom often find themselves dealing with the consequences of what is wrong, and the wise find themselves receiving the positive consequences of what is right. And that's the biggest difference. So wisdom, this is really important to understand. Wisdom offers no mercy, and it takes no prisoners, okay? Wisdom is not one of these these things that spares us. Either we are for wisdom and we are with wisdom or we are against wisdom. And once wisdom is rejected, um, she is your greatest enemy. And make no mistake about it, she will conquer you. Wisdom will always win, especially the wisdom of God. And this is why verse 27 refers to her as a cyclone and a storm. She is powerful, and she will overwhelm you with anguish and distress. There's nothing you can do in the midst of a storm except take shelter and hope that it just does not have your name on it for that day. Wisdom is one of those things that is powerful. It is conquering. It will win out, and if we as people reject wisdom, we will suffer the consequences of that. Now, this is why Scripture tells us 
that today is the day of salvation and we need to seek the Lord while he is near and he can be found because once judgment has arrived, it's too late to call out. So even though wisdom is constantly calling and it's constantly available, most people will not only reject it once, but they will reject it constantly. And we need to understand that there will be a time when judgment day will arrive. Now, that might mean that we we cease to live in this physical world and we go to heaven, or that might mean the day that Jesus returns and comes to call us home. We need to make sure that we are ready that we have cried out, that we have sought wisdom, we have sought Christ, we have sought out the Spirit of God while it is available and can be found because there will be a time when that constant call and that constant availability will end and then we will have to give an account. So verse 29 is really important and I want you to go back to verse 7 of chapter 1. Verse 29 and verse 7, they're supporting one another. The fear of the Lord is the foundation upon which wisdom is laid. And Solomon writes how they hated knowledge and they chose not to fear the Lord. And it shouldn't be ignored that you and I and everyone else in all of creation have a choice as to whether or not we are going to fear God. We can either fear God or we can choose not to fear God. The problem is, is that when people choose not to fear God, they are not only uh, they they are only delaying the inevitable. Okay, so so think about this: you can choose not to fear God in this life, and other people, the world may choose not to fear God in this life. But when they stand before God on Judgment Day, they won't have a choice anymore. They will be forced to fear God in that moment. On the other hand. The more positive aspect of that is that those who choose to fear God now will stand before God on Judgment Day and they will be able to stand before the Lord with confidence and without fear. Now, it's important to remind ourselves that it's not because we're worthy or we've done anything to earn that ability, but it's simply because we have trusted in the salvation and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. We have been, uh, we have cried out for a filling of the Holy Spirit. We have surrendered our life to be led by the Spirit, and we have sought after wisdom. And in those things, while we may not be perfect, we have done everything that we can to seek God in our life. And when we stand before God on Judgment Day, I believe that we as believers will be able to stand before God confidently without fear. We fear God now so that when we stand before him, we don't have to fear him anymore. But the mockers and the simple-minded and everyone who rejects God, they choose not to fear God now, but when they stand before God in judgment, they will fear him for the rest of eternity. And I don't know about you, but I would a whole lot rather fear God now and then be able to stand confidently with him for the rest of eternity. So people who refuse to listen, Solomon writes, that they will eat the bitter fruit that comes from their labor of uh, their own paths and their own schemes. And they got to choke down those big bites of rebellion and rejection and uh, everything that they've done towards the Lord. They've got to choke that down. And that's not a very pleasant experience. Simple people 
turn away from wisdom, turn away from the Lord to death. And they do it kind of unknowingly. But the fools are the ones who are mocking, who knowingly reject it, who choose not to, and they uh, are destroyed by their own choices, their own selves. The counter to that is that everyone who listens to wisdom will live in peace without fear of harm. Now again, as we said in the intro to this chapter, it's very important that we don't just assume life is going to be perfect without any hurts, pains, or misfortunes if we live according to Proverbs and we try to obey every one of these things. It's very important to remember that we live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen world. And while we may refrain from sin and while we may try to serve the Lord with all we have and while we may pursue wisdom, there are still other people who exist in this world alongside of us who are sinful and the consequences of their sins can easily affect us and our families and people we love in negative ways. But you need to remember that if we live according to the wisdom of God and we live under the salvation and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, we have a much better chance of avoiding many of the consequences of foolishness in this life. We can avoid a lot of heartache and pain. Now, we can't avoid every single thing because there are other people who live in the world too and they make bad choices and they make mistakes and we will eventually too. But the, the, the thought process in this is that if we serve God and if we honor Him, if, if we live according to His Word and His wisdom, then we can avoid a great deal of negative consequences that comes with sin and rebellion. That if we live according to the wisdom of God, we can be blessed. We can have a better life. And that's what we have to remember. Life is not going to be perfect, but at least you won't be responsible for bringing any more pain or hurt or consequences on yourself then you have to deal with uh, anyway. Because we're still going to have to deal with stuff because we live in a sinful world. But you don't have to deal with as much when you're not bringing those consequences on yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but I like the idea of that. I like the idea of having to deal with the least amount of problems as possible. So wisdom and the Lord and the Spirit of God sounds pretty good to me. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you for watching over us and guiding us, for speaking in our hearts and giving us your word. Jesus, I pray that you would touch us today, that you would help us to live for you, to be obedient, to choose you, to choose to fear you now, and to humbly seek your face and to seek wisdom. God, we give ourselves to you, and we pray that you would go with us and guide us and help us until the day we stand before you in judgment. And we can stand before you confidently because we've done what you've asked us to do here and now. We love you and thank you. Ask all us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in for another week. Thanks for being a part of the Graham Chapel family and a part of the kingdom of God. As always, tune in to this week, uh, this weekend for our video services on Facebook, YouTube, or the podcast. Uh, but we would love to see you in person. We love you. We're praying for you and hope you have a great week.